Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. I'm Caleb. Here's Chanel with me, next to me, a little too close for comfort as we're huddled around one microphone uh, hosting this podcast. Today we're talking about our UK trip, continuing in that series, and uh, we're going to pick up I'll let Schnell like really give the introduction, but we're going to pick up uh, where we left off, which was the lovely old city of Edinburgh. All right. So, um, as our last episode, if you listened, was all about Edinburgh this morning, not this actual morning, not today, but the morning that we departed from the trip that we're talking about. That particular morning, let me say it that way, we departed the delightful city of Edinburgh to make our... It's not Edinburgh. Sorry, my American came out. Whatever. Um, these nobody nobody's paying attention to that. Leave me alone. Uh, to make our descent southward, so we started started out in Edinburgh. Excuse me, and made our descent southward. Um, so we essentially made a big oblong shaped loop that we went counterclockwise from. We started down in London, uh, traveled made our way up north, sort of along the eastern coast of England, not really hugging the coast. We didn't actually see uh, anything coastal. But um, we reached our northernmost point in Edinburgh. Then from there, we descended southward, southwestward, back town um, into England, where we would ultimately arrive back in London, but several stops along the way, which we will talk about in this episode and the next. Um, so we got to see a little bit more of Edinburgh as we drove out and began our way into the countryside, just kind of, you know, from, from the bus, seeing a little bit more of the city, which was, um, which was very nice. We had a beautiful sunny day. The weather was outstanding. Um, and the countryside was just lush and very green, very beautiful farmland, rolling hills, um, vividly green, and um, just very beautiful to behold. Um, Gretna Green was our intended stop, and we did stop there. And it was a fun, well-manicured little tourist stop village, little village um, with lots of shops and eateries and things like that. Um, and we did do some shopping here, found some souvenirs, lots of well-made wool items and sweaters and socks and things like that. But alas, we did not avail ourselves of these items because at the time we lived in South Louisiana. That should be enough said, but in case you didn't know, South Louisiana is a very warm, very humid climate and not much need for wool sweaters. So we admired them. Uh, at the shops there, but we did not partake because um, we just didn't need that. So I'll let Caleb comment a little bit more. I have I have something to say. I have some interesting little factoids and things about Gretna Green that I'll share in a moment, but I'll let Caleb <clears throat> talk about anything he may want to mention about thus far. Well, I was just trying to motion to her. I wasn't sure if she was going to mention it or if she already did, and I just zoned out. But uh, it was called the Wee Big Shop. It was wee, it was big, and it was a shop. <laughs> it was it was cool. Um, I can't remember how much or what we would have gotten there. I know we did purchase a couple of souvenirs there. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure 
your your tartan magnet. Was this where we got the family tartan magnet? Yeah. We got our family tartan magnet, Clan Craig, um, which, you know, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure if that is accurate of my family background or not. Um, There's a little bit of Scotch-Irish background in my family. So it was just touristy and the thing to do, so I did it. Um, As well, picked up a tartan tie of the same family tartan. And so... I still have that tie. I don't wear ties all that often, but I, I do have it. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff there. And uh, it was we and it was big. <laughs> so Gretna Green, um, we could say almost is, a, is akin to our Vegas of today. Not in the sense, <laughs> very, but yet at the same time, very vastly different, much more pleasant to visit i in my opinion vegas is just not never been but it just does not look like something that i would enjoy um anyway so but their similarity has to do with the idea of a quick sort of sort of quick i say shotgun wedding but maybe that's not the right term but a quick elopement you want to get married in a hurry this was the place to go historically speaking. So it has a fascinating little history. It's a little border town, as we've sort of alluded to. Uh, At this point, we're coming, going south from Scotland, getting ready to go into England. And this is the last little town, perhaps, as you're leaving Scotland, or the first little town as you're coming into Scotland, um, at least from that particular direction. Um, And so you meet this little town just on the other side of the Scottish border. It eventually would become a railway stop, and it is to this day, so making convenient access to this little town. Um, And it became a place that was famous for elopements. Um, due to the 1754 Marriage Act in England and Wales. And what that amounted to was that it stated that individuals getting married must be at least 21 years of age to be married without parental consent. So that is to say, if you were under 21 and you did not have parental consent, you your parents could veto your marriage. Your parents could say, no, I don't want you to marry that boy, or no, I don't want you to <clears throat> marry that girl. And they could not give their blessing, and thus you could not legally get married. So <clears throat> Gretna Green and some other cities. Gretna Green was not the only place, uh, but there were others. But this one is a very a popular, very known one um, and has become a, a tourist site uh, because of that. Um, and so it, it was the thing to do if you were a young couple from England or Wales to go up just across the border and get married because you didn't have to have parental consent if you were under 21. Um, and in fact, at that time, now things tightened up a little bit later, but at that time in Scotland, girls could legally marry as young as 12 and boys as young as 14 without parental consent. That is just mind-blowing to me. But um, from my little bit of internet research, I didn't do a deep dive on this, uh, folks, just so you know. So, But from what little bit of information I looked at, um, at that time in Scotland, so the mid-1700s, girls could get married as young as 12, boys as young as 14 without parental consent. That is just so wild and crazy to me. Like I said, later on, things tightened up a little bit, thankfully. Um, 
And also, another thing that made marriages here very convenient and very easy to do is what it, it was possible here in Scotland for something called an irregular marriage, in which just about anyone could officiate your wedding as long as there were two witnesses. So just about anybody could perform your ceremony for you as long as you had a couple of witnesses there. So um, it became popular to go to uh, the blacksmith shop to get married. And these local blacksmiths in Gretna, Gretna Green and other border towns, they became known as anvil priests. And one such gentleman, upon my reading, one such gentleman, one such blacksmith named Richard Rennison performed 5,147 of these ceremonies. That is astounding. Over 5,000 wedding ceremonies that this blacksmith performed. I wonder, did he get to do any of his blacksmith work? Uh, did he ever get to make any more horseshoes or, or, or farm, farming implements or anything? Or did he just have to spend all of his time marrying people? So that's, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, and so it is still common for those getting married in the area today, if you pr- have a wedding ceremony performed anywhere in Gretna, Gretna Green, or the border towns, it's common to get married over an anvil uh, because that was what they did back then, and it's just a custom that's carried over a little piece of tradition, a little piece of uh, culture that's interesting. So interesting factoids, I thought, about Gretna Green. And honestly, I had to kind of relook at some of that. I knew just a, a tiny little bit of that from when we were there, but I had to refresh myself on some of that information. So it was a, it was a great little stop. We didn't spend a ton of time there, Um but it was a nice stop, and it was certainly beautiful farmland, beautiful countryside. And just when we thought our views couldn't get any better, as we'd already described, going up into Scotland was just mystical and magical and wonderful, um, driving through the, the countryside there and seeing um, the hedgerows turn into uh, stone walls and and just the mist and the fog and the the heather blooming, just I mean just incredible views. And then coming back down, we thought I thought that the best views were behind us. Not so. That is just not so. And as I write in my journal, I've got a quote here. Let's see. I'm gonna pull it up here. I've gotta make my notes go further down. Um, we, we're driving into what is known as the Lake District, um, which is often associated with Beatrix Potter, writer of the beloved Peter Rabbit children's series, and other lots of other famous poets, poets and writers. Um, but uh, we, so we start to make our way into this lake, into the Lake District. And um, what I write in my journal um, is that the scenery becomes so majestic and beautiful once we get to Grasmere, totally unexpected. So I had no idea of what we were getting into. Um, I write on, I thought the best views were behind us, but my goodness, that's what I said, my goodness, these were unbelievable. Um, So again, a sort of a holy hush fell on all of us in the coach, in the bus, and um, we looked out at some of the greenest views that I have ever seen, mountains, waterfalls, black wool sheep, cattle, uh, which the region is famous for, Um, and one of our dear little Iranian friends that we befriended on this tour that we sort of helped out, 
She was seated near us and she quietly told us she'd been all over the world and this was the most beautiful place she'd ever seen. And so we knew that we were witnessing something truly amazing at that point and felt just incredibly blessed and grateful. So that is how uh, astoundingly beautiful this scenery was. Like I said, as beautiful as we thought it was going into Scotland, and it was, this was equally as beautiful if not more so, um, just sort of a different landscape. You know, there was, it was, I didn't expect it to be as mountainous as it was. I didn't expect waterfalls to be plunging from these mountains and hills and um, just sort of a different kind of beauty. There going up, it was sort of more rolling, gentle farmland. Like I said, fields of heather, lots of mist because we had a rainy, cloudy day. But this particular day, in, in Gretna Green and into the Lake District, we had a very sunny day and um, clear weather, easy to see, and just a different landscape, but equally as beautiful and breathtaking. And like we said, we felt like we really stumbled into a treasure when our little Iranian friends told us that, that they had seen so many sites, and this really was one of the most beautiful things they had ever seen. So I'll let Caleb uh, comment if he has any comment on this. He's looking like a deer in headlights. He doesn't have anything more to add to what I'm saying. So so our particular stop in the Lake District, which is a large area, and even part of this is a, nat- uh, a, national, a national park. I am not sure. I didn't do the extensive research to find out if the particular part that we were in was part of the national park. I don't think so. But part of this area is um, one of the most, if not the most, trafficked national park in England. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, our specific destination was uh, the village of Grasmere, site of Dove Cottage, which was a residence of the poet William Wordsworth. Now, I must admit, I knew the name. The name is familiar to me, but I really don't know any of his works, as I am not actually that big of a poetry reader. Um, I can appreciate it, I suppose, but I've never, it's never been something I've been really into. Um, I come across things here and there that I enjoy, but I probably haven't done much poetry reading since high school, honestly. I mean, here and there, you know, but not often. So um, regardless of our lack of affinity for Mr. Wordsworth and poetry, this was a remarkable area, and we'll attempt to tell you more about it. Um, but so that was our particular stop in the Lake District. That is, It's a large area uh, full of things to see, but of course, we're on a, a, a limited amount of time and on a tour. And so we just had really a few hours in this particular area. So I found out a little interesting piece of information about Dove Cottage as I was looking it up just now. One of those sort of um, serendipitous providential things that we've come to find out afterwards. Um, But it's like I said, it's the former residence of Mr. Wordsworth. And I just found out that before it was his home uh, for a while, it was built as an inn in the very early 1700s, and for 170 years, it was known as the Dove and Olive. And so for Caleb and I, that's an amazing little piece of providence there, because of course, years after we visited England, we would have a daughter named Olive. We do have a daughter named Olive. And so that's just another one of those cool, like after the fact, after the fact I'm finding it out, or they may have even mentioned it 
there, but it didn't have the significance at the moment. Um, but now I think it's really cool and significant that this place that we visited uh, for 170 years was an inn called the Dove and the Olive. And of course, we ran into a, another piece of um, fun you know, uh, foreshadowing when we were back in York and we visited a particular church called St. Olive's. Um, and of course, at the time, we didn't know that we would have a daughter named Olive. So just really, just that's totally personal, but kind of fun. Um, so from there, we had a very brief orientation with our guide, as was typical of how we did things on this particular tour. Our guide would we'd get off the bus, um, he'd orient us to the area, point out some significant things, and tell us, okay, um, go do what you do. We've got two hours, three hours, whatever. Uh, meet back here at that time. So from there, we were left to explore the area on foot. And it was, as I've already stated, if you couldn't already tell, it was a feast for the eyes, just like a postcard, literally in every direction you looked. I don't think you could look in any one direction and see something that wasn't beautiful or that you didn't like or that was like, eh, that's kind of not so great. Like literally every direction you looked was incredible. You had a lake here, a mountain stream there. Oh, look, there's a family of ducks. Like it was just magical, fresh air beautiful sunshine, hills, mountains. Um, Wordsworth's sister was quoted saying that it was the loveliest spot that man hath ever found, and I would have to agree um, with Mr. Wordsworth's sister. So we did a good bit of walking and taking pictures and just sort of taking it all in, and there were several strings of places to eat, all busy and bustling because it was about lunchtime, and so lots of lots of busyness, lots of beautiful flowers, all these, I have to say, all these shops and um, eateries that were there, they did a, a very good job of keeping... Um, keeping in step with the area that they were located. So there was nothing tacky, like none of the cafes or shops looked like tacky rest stops or anything like that. It was all, a lot of it was probably historic um, buildings and structures that had been converted into shops and places. So I can appreciate that um, when a heavily trafficked area retains its character so that it doesn't detract from the beautiful landscape and what you're doing. And that's what they did. All of the... All of the cafes and places were really quaint um, and really well done so as not to detract from the beauty of the landscape around you. Um, and that's something that we noticed that they really did a lot of in England. Even driving through the countryside, you don't see billboards like you might in the United States. Um, you don't see lots of advertising, and that's because they have regulations in place, at least in the countryside and places like that, to preserve the natural beauty and not to mar it with, um, you know, just um, jarring advertisements and, and things that just don't fit the scenery. So we really appreciated that. And that was the case here as well. Um, so we ducked into one of these places. And having said that, um, I'll let Caleb comment more on this because he remembers it even better than I do, I think. Um, but up until this point, and even after this point, we really didn't run into any problems understanding people with accent differences. Um, sometimes that is the complaint um, when visiting England, Scotland, etc. Even though English is spoken, I mean, obviously English is spoken, um, the accents sometimes can be hard to navigate for people. And we really didn't have 
hardly any trouble with this, except for this one maybe little occasion. This was the one exception. Um, We had a couple of little run-ins with the food service worker at this particular cafe. And also, I think the poor guy just needed a good break. I think he had had a really busy shift, and I think he'd reached his limit. Um, I'll let Caleb start the story off and maybe elaborate a little bit, and I'll chime in as well. But um, just our only one experience where we struggled a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I I don't think that the restaurant that we ate at is still open. I could not remember the name, but I, I just could not track down confidently enough the name of the place that we, we ate at. Um, I do recall that because we were in Grasmere, which is in the Cumbria area, uh, we were we were encouraged by our tour guide, Peter, to try the, uh, the, the sausage, the, um, is it, I guess they call it Cumberland sausage Cumberland or something. Cumberland sausage, yeah. that sounds good. Um, and so we found a place that on its little A-frame sign outside the door was ad- advertising a special Yorkshire puddings and, and sausage. And so we went inside there, figured that would be a good stop. So Chanel ordered... <clears throat> The the Yorkshire pudding uh, and Cum- Cumberland sausage. And um, I guess they were serving it a couple different ways. And so she tried to order that, but the guy was like, you know, in his thick British accent, do you want it in a sandwich or do you want it in – and Chanel's just like, yes, please. <laughs> and he's just kind of muttering, you know, like it's just I – could, I could mostly understand him, but he just was mumbling. And – so he he is visibly frustrated. He does it again. Do you want And Chanel's like, yes, please. However it comes. That's how I want it. Finally, he just, do you want it in a sandwich or do you want it on a pudding? And she's like, the sandwich. No, the pudding. You wanted the pudding. The pudding. <laughs> He's, you know, visibly frustrated with us crazy yanks. And so I step up to order. And I, I can't remember what I ordered for lunch, but they were also advertising sticky toffee pudding, which is delicious and wonderful and amazing. And I could tell from the moment that I ordered that, like, I was next in line for a, a verbal tongue lashing. And he goes, do you want the cream or ice cream? And I said, cream. I said, do you want the cream or ice cream? And I said to him, I said, hey, I understand you. I want the cream. And he looks at me, kind of tilts his head and goes, oh, apologies, mate. And we were good. (laughs) So that's one of those weird stories where I think Chanel's right. I think the poor lad just needed a break. Um, He'd been dealing with tourists because Grasmere is absolutely stunning and gorgeous, but has become a bit of a tourist stop. So um, I'm, I'm... positive when the buses roll in you know he's got person after person struggling to understand accents from all over the world and and all this stuff so um i i you know can sympathize with him uh a bit um just go take your break and and chill out for a little bit uh but yes so there was lots of things to do in the grasmere area grasmere is known for its gingerbread and there's a little shop there where you can order some famous Grasmere gingerbread. And I recall as well, our tour guide 
when we were leaving, getting on the bus and handing us some sort of candy that Grasmere is known for as well. Um, and I, I tried to look it up, um, but I just, I, I couldn't really remember what it was. Um, it wasn't all that fabulous, uh, in my opinion. Um, it wasn't, wasn't quite, you know, my cup of tea, uh, the type of candy that I like, but, um, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, the whole, the whole location that we stopped at, um, was just really, really wonderful. I, I, it, it probably was one of my more favorite stops and we, we have lots of pictures of it and, you know, we'll, we'll definitely try to share some of those because it, it really was just absolutely beautiful. It's the Lake District and, you know, it's, it's, uh, as the, we were driving through, I, I think our tour guide mentioned, you know, it's just like the real estate in that area is some of the most expensive in all of the country because it's just absolutely gorgeous and property values are insanely high. And there's probably very little chance you'll get a property up there because they get snatched up as quick as they hit the market. But um, <clears throat> if you're ever interested in moving there, I guess uh, that's the place to move. So Chanel, turn it back over. Yeah, I do. now that you mentioned the candy he got us, I, I do vaguely remember that. And that was a really nice gesture on his part to get us a little um, piece of what the area was famous for. I remember it was a very sweet, yeah. sugary confection, and I want to say even minty. Maybe, yeah, it wasn't something that Caleb, and I, Caleb or I preferred, but I thought it was a really nice gesture that our guide made in getting us, um, getting us some of the local... Uh, fair what was um what the area was known for so um we had a beautiful time at these two stops Gretna Green and Grasmere and this comprised the majority of our day the the drives to these destinations and the time spent at these destinations more time spent in the lake the lake district than Gretna Green. Um, And so after this is probably the the mid-later afternoon, it was time to conclude our time in this area in the Lake District, Uh, although we'd love to see more of it one day, absolutely love to see more of it. It's just a beautiful, outstandingly beautiful corner of the earth. Um, Really, probably, I mean, in my limited experiences, definitely one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Um, So from here, we set our sights further southward. We're traveling further southward. And our next stop will be Liverpool, uh, which is the home of Caleb's beloved Reds, the LFC, the Liverpool Liverpool Football Club, um, which we will save that for another episode. Um, But we did stay a night here in Liverpool. That was our overnight spot. And we did do a tour of the city, a Beatles tour, which we'll talk more about next time. Um, it was just a very interesting city. Um, it was one of those places that was a little grittier, um, which we definitely saw some gritty parts to London and Edinburgh, but, um, Liverpool just had that vibe. Like this is a real city. This is a real working man city and, uh, working class people. And it had some beautiful architecture and interesting things and 
beautiful things to see, but also, um, it's just, it was just, it, I put in my, uh, journal, which I'll talk about later. It reminded me a little bit of Baton Rouge. Um, just because you get the, the beauty and the grit all in one, one place. So, um, can't wait to talk more about Liverpool on our next episode. So stay tuned and you'll get to hear more about, uh, the famed city of Liverpool, famous for the Beatles, famous for the football clubs and, and various other things. We cannot wait to talk about it. Um, I will say this, and then I will sign off. If you are interested in booking any sort of British Isles getaway or any getaway at all, uh, please contact us and let us know. We can connect you with a guided tour that meets your needs. There are so many varieties and options out there. Um, or we can help you with anything else um, in your in your travel needs, be it business or personal. Um, whether you want to go in on your own a la carte or whether you want to connect with a group, we can help you with some of those decisions and help you put that together. We would love to do it. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. <laughs>